Hello and welcome to the JNM podcast. My name is Jeanette. This is the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and anything in between. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. And if you're coming back, welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Uh, before I get to any details, I would like to welcome back my guest and amazing friend, Jennifer Chan. Hi, everybody. <laughs> nice to see you again. <laughs> So yeah, we are going back to our rom-com series um, with the 1987 romantic comedy, Roxanne. <laughs> uh, this movie is directed by Fred uh, Shepisi uh, and written by Steve Martin. And the logline is a small town fire chief with an abnormally large nose falls in love with a beautiful woman who has a crush on his co-worker when the co-worker struggles to gain the courage to woo the woman over the fire chief helps him out with writing letters to the woman however as he continues to help his co-worker the fire chief lets his feelings overtake him through the letters and speeches and i received information from wikipedia imdb and the washington post uh so oh do you the want cast, to see? uh the cast includes steve martin uh cd bales uh he was also in the father of the bride remake it's complicated only murders in the building a tv show and of course the ever so famous she provided the dozen <laughs> Uh, Daryl Hannah plays as Roxanne Kowalski, and uh, she starred in The Blade Runner, Splash, Steel Magnolias, and Kill Bill, parts one and two. Don't remember her in that. <laughs> oh, she was the lady with the iPad. <gasps> oh, shit. Yeah. No, that is her. Oh, my God. That lady was such a bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She was the one who like poked out Paime's eye. His other one, she did not deserve to live. Yes. <laughs> okay. Amazing. I thought she looked familiar. All right. It's good to know. Good to know. Daryl Hannah. My eyes on you. <laughs> All right. Moving on. We have Rick Rosovich, who plays as Chris McConnell, who is in Top Gun, The Terminator, and ER, season one. Next up, we have Shelley Duvall as Dixie, and Shelley was in The Shining, Popeye, Annie Hall, and Nashville. And uh, here's a fun fact. She retired in 2002 from acting. Um, yeah, which yeah. explains why we we don't see her in anything. So that that's why I put it there, because <laughs> she, she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Respectfully. Uh, we also had some guest appearances from, uh, John Kapalos, who is in Chuck, Fred Willard, uh, who's in Mayor Deeps. Oh, um, uh, those are the actor, the characters that they played in, in the movie. Oh, yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> uh, David Wayans plays Jerry. Kevin Nealon, who's the drunk guy from the beginning of the film. Oh, and Brian George, the plastic surgeon. Mm-hmm. That was funny. So the movie is a modern retelling of Edmund Rostad's 1897 play, Serrano de Barak. Bergerac. Bergerac. 
sorry. Uh, Edmond was a French poet and dramatist associated with neo-romanticism. And the entire play is written in verse with rhyming couplets of 12 syllables per line. Um, there was actually a real Serena de Bergerac, who was a playwright, a duelist, and a novelist in France. And he also had an enormous large nose. <laughs> uh, real Serena? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, so Ro Rostad's play is a fictionalization that follows the broad outlines of Serrano's life and though the play ends with Serrano dying after being hit on the head with a beam some speculate the real Serrano's uh, died from a botched assassination but it's unknown of who <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's unknown if, like, who wanted him dead or why they want him dead. That's, like, still oh, a mystery. Oh, he was ugly. Yeah, they, probably. They were like, oh, he made us look bad. Oh, screw <laughs> this guy. Uh, so due to its theme and style, the play led to a long list of adaptations uh, from plays to films uh, and shows, which includes the 1950 film of the same name, starring Jose Ferrer, uh, the 1990 French film starring uh, Gerard Depardieu. He's like the famous like French actor, like the blonde hair guy. Depardieu. Depardieu. <laughs> uh, and the 2021 film Serrano starring Peter Dinklage. Which I am so excited about. <laughs> I told you that I wanted to see Cerno for like three months. <laughs> and maybe that's why we ended up watching Roxanne as a little prequel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little warm-up for like a possible like future episode of talking mm -hmm. about the mm -hmm. Serrano. Uh, there was also movies and show that had a scene inspired by the play. So there was a 2009 film called The Ugly Truth. Uh, horrible film. Don't watch it. Uh <laughs> I, whoa, I, contrary to popular <laughs> opinion, quite liked that movie. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> if you like rom-coms, give it a chance. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Catherine Heigl is great in that movie. You know, Gerard Butler, he could, he's okay, but like she, she's great. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe like uh, Gerard is not a rom com person. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Mister Three Hundred. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe it's because of that. Maybe he's too busy kicking other people in a hole. I don't know. <laughs> uh. And then there was also an episode of Futurama. Um, it was season two, episode five, uh, and it's called Why Must I Be a Crustacean in Love? Is that the one with the Dr. Lobster? Uh, I, his planet? Yeah, I believe so. I think it, it had like the same format where one of them was afraid to talk to a, like a, another person. I think so it was then, the lobster guy. 
yeah so then i think like fry or someone else had to write it and then oh my god i think i remember that episode yeah (laughs) that doctor was really sad the one who goes (laughs) 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 as he waddled from side to side he's great uh and then there was also a 2018 episode of bob's burgers uh it is season eight episode 11 and it's called sleeping with the frenemy and i know it's like the one with tina i think it was like a friend or like an uh, enemy but then the enemy needed her help to like write love poems and such to another person so (laughs) Uh, so Steve Martin stated that he has always been a fan of Jose Ferrer's version of Serrano de Bergerac. And he quotes, I remember just thinking it was the greatest thing I ever, I ever saw. I think it's because the character is so strong. He's like a very smart version of what coincidentally is popular in movies today. Uh, He's smarter than everybody else, quicker than everybody else, wittier than everybody else, and tops everybody. That's what the original Serrano is like. And this just sort of takes that vicious edge off of it. And he's talking about the film Roxanne. This is funny because uh, Jose Ferrero stated in an interview that he didn't care for Roxanne. And he would later meet uh, Gerard Depardieu, in another Serrano film uh, released in Cannes Film Festival in 1990. So, yeah. That's kind of sad. <laughs> now we have to watch the Jose Ferrer one and the Gerard Depardieu one. <laughs> it's like a Serrano marathon. <laughs> what a Serrano marathon. I love Serrano. <laughs> Um, so in the early 1980s, uh, Martin had the idea of updating the play, um, one with Serrano getting the lady in the end. Uh, but then he decided to write uh, the screenplay and not only write the screenplay, but write it himself. And he wrote 25 drafts over the course of three years. Uh, the film was greenlit at Columbia Pictures by then uh, production chief Guy McElwain. Uh, McElwain was replaced later by David Putman, uh, Putnam, Putnam. Uh, who liked the script and continued to give studio support to the project, which is good. And Pittman uh, suggested casting Daryl Hannah as Roxanne. Uh, The film was shot in the summer of 1986 in the town of Nelson, British Columbia in Canada. And although the film uses the town's name in the film, um, they set it in an unknown unknown location in the u.s so i'm assuming like maybe in like north dakota or like colorado maybe you it was colorado because in the film they uh they mention aspen and they're like oh we're gonna be as great as the fire department in aspen yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> we're pretty though so they also had to replace the mailboxes with blue usps and also include the slogan made the American way for the Miller neon sign at the bar. 
it passes America. We thought it was Colorado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve's nose makeup took 90 minutes to apply every day and two minutes to take off. And Martin quote that he hated the that thing. He's like, he basically was like, God, I how I hated that thing. <laughs> he didn't like it. No. Uh, and makeup artist uh, Frank Griffin Griffin uh, stated that the nose was one of the most difficult jobs he ever worked on, arguing that he had to not only match the skin color uh, to. Uh, Steve Martin's face, but also blend it in. Otherwise, uh, it would stick out like a sore thumb. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and originally, the film was rated R by the MPAA, but changed it to PG on an appeal, and it was uncut as a result. Like he, they didn't have to like change anything or cut anything. It, why was it rated R? There's nothing in it that's rated R, is there? No, I mean, aside, I think, like, aside from, like, language, but I don't know, like... That's it. Yeah. We're just, yeah. Is that enough? Uh, yeah, because I think, like, that was, like, the main thing about the King's speech, because... Oh, it was just the language, too. Yeah. Uh, but they argued that it was for the king's speech they argued that it was because he he said fuck too many times because <laughs> he can only allow one fuck in a in a film before it becomes a radar film <laughs> really yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, <watch> this meeting. <laughs> um so i guess like for this film maybe it was because he said like shit or or like a bad word mm-hmm. yeah um and then i think it could have been like some innuendos um because there were some like yeah but i don't know uh so the film starts in a small town of nelson with cd bales leaving his house to deliver a racket to his friend dixie uh during the war the walk he encounters two drunk men uh who made makes fun of his big nose and cd manages to take down the men and bring the racket to dixie without a scratch except for the blood on the racket uh and it was kind of funny because there was like a really funny quote um when they kind of introduce uh cd and his nose uh because one of the drunk men said like oh like he has a big nose and then he stops and then we get a close-up of Steve like turning and then we revealed the nose it was even funnier because one of them was like oh 3d coming at you (laughs) 3d Uh, cd 3d Uh, so meanwhile, Roxanne, the new lady in town, uh, tries to look for her cat, Rover. Um, she spots Rover outside, but ends up blocking herself out of her rented house. Um, it also uh, causes her robe to get stuck in the door jam, causing her to basically unrobe, disrobe herself and run around naked in the cold. Um 
And after talking to Dixie, CD heads to the firehouse only to find his men leaving a barrel on fire. And he makes a speech to the man stating, I have a dream. It's not a big dream. It's just a little dream. My dream, and I hope I don't find this too crazy, is that I would like the people in this community to feel that if, God forbid, there were a fire, calling the fire department would actually be a wise thing to do. You can't have people, if their house are burning down, saying, whatever you do, don't call the fire department. That would be bad. <laughs> Once he, like, you know, um, like, takes down the fire, uh, he gets a knock at the door, and it's Roxanne. Uh, who hides in the bushes before CD comes out. And she says like, oh, I'm locked out of my house. Can you help me? So then he does. He, he goes to her house and he kind of does like a gymnastics performance uh, by climbing up the house, which is like a four story, like one of those like big houses. He does a lot of aesthetics. He has to like, yeah, he, he jumps onto a pole and he like does a few circles around it before he uses the momentum to like spring himself up to the second floor and he has to like climb and like do a lot of parkour. Yeah. Very fit. <laughs> yeah. This this was like parkour before it was parkour. <laughs> yeah, before it's cool. It was CD bales. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's uncool. There's too many people doing it. Yeah, he was the first hipster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so once he climbs in, he unlocks the front door uh, and gives uh, Roxanne a blanket to cover herself. And once she retrieves her robe, CD stays behind and makes cheese and bread and a bread plate for them, uh, which was kind of funny because she... The minute she gets her robe and then like changes, uh, she comes back out and it's like, oh, like, would you like some, you know, water or something? And he's like, oh, I already helped myself. And he's got like this huge like plate that probably takes like 10 minutes to prepare. <laughs> uh, she asks if he would like some wine with his nose. Uh, and then she kind of runs into a cabinet and he said, yes, I would love some wine. <laughs> and because of his nose, he he can't really like uh, drink from like a wine glass. So he like uses his nose to like sniff the, <laughs> the wine in. Uh, so, he uses his strength to inhale it. Yeah. They soon uh, introduce each other uh, with Roxanne noting that she is renting the house for the summer so she can research a comet for her degree in astronomy. And CD is like, oh, yeah, I'm the fire chief and, you know, I can do parkour before parkour is parkour. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of them get along with CD developing an interest to, in her and the next day, uh, Chris McConnell, a handsome pro firefighter, arrives to help CD train the volunteer firefighters. Uh, and he manages to get women, like giving him flirtatious looks, while his coworkers admire his ability to not only be a good firefighter, but also to look good and like be the quintessential 
Hot Turn fireman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a super hot firefighter. Yes. <laughs> But he's missing like, half a brain, so what's the point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you you can only get like so many things. <laughs> uh, but Chris uh, goes. We want to... them all. We want all the things. We want him hot. We want him smart. We want him funny. <laughs> yeah, and tall. <laughs> Even if it means they had to be an inch taller than us, they have to be tall. <laughs> <laughs> As long as they can wear lifts, you know, that's all that matters. <laughs> hey, I mean, Frankenstein wore lifts. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he had, like, those gigantic, like, shoes. Oh, the boots? Like, the thick... Yeah, right. That counts. <laughs> yeah. He was lifting. He was lifting. <laughs> You're right. uh, so Chris uh, goes to a nearby hotspot uh, later that day and makes eye contact with Roxanne, who is hanging out with Dixie and the bartender, Sandy. Uh, however, Chris leaves the bar without talking to Roxanne and throws up outside. And the next day, uh, one of the firefighters warns Chris about CD's nose and advises him not to talk about it, uh, his nose, and also stare at it. Uh, but Chris scoffs and argues that it won't be a big thing uh so meanwhile uh cd completes a couple of errands including helping roxanne carry a telescope to her rooftop uh roxanne goes to a nearby restaurant afterwards with dixie and sandy for lunch and while there she encounters chris again uh dixie and sandy encourage roxanne to ask chris out but chris hides in the bathroom before she could talk to him and then he tries to like you know um hype himself up to go back outside uh but he ends up spraying water on his pants and he has like white pants so like it it's like going <laughs> yeah basically so embarrassed he leaves through the bathroom window um and Roxanne tries to find him outside but with no luck meanwhile uh CD spots her um outside in one of like the um the little shops yeah but fails to talk to her uh and that night at the bar CD encounters a guy who makes fun of his nose uh, so CD makes a deal that if he uh, that he can make uh, a number of jokes based on the amount of points he hits on the darts because they have like a dart um, board and the guy hits 20, which is, I guess, the highest number aside from the bullseye uh, and CD manages to make 20 jokes. Which is a fun fact because he actually made 25 jokes. <laughs> He's showing him up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so upset, the man tries to fight CD, but CD knocks him out. And he does this thing where he he hits him and the guy's like still standing. So CD walks to Roxanne and asks her if he's still like standing. Um, or like has he fallen yet and then he falls so he it's crumbles like, right at the moment and she's yes. like, yep 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> and everyone's cheering like, yeah, go CD. <laughs> Uh, so the next day, uh, Chris picks up a French romance book and Roxanne spots him at the bookstore. However, uh, Chris exits the store and hands the book to one of the firefighters who was too afraid to pick it up. So you could tell that like... Um, Roxanne it- thinks he's smart and educated and so she thinks he's the whole package where he's hot and smart and humble but he really he's like only one of those things yeah <laughs> and even like even one of the hints was that uh i guess like the bookstore owner he was like he he was saying something in french and yeah, then he was like talking to him about the book and he just didn't know anything yeah and then he was like oh yeah that's good like like he didn't know what to like say <laughs> the french uh, uh the bookstore person was talking to him in French and he just like and it was like pretty basic French too is like hey do you speak and he was just like (laughs) and he was like oh come on man it's like oh no like (laughs) he did not want to play along yeah uh so CD uh has lunch with Dixie uh and expresses his, his desire to date a woman but feels that he won't get the woman he wants due to his nose. Uh, Dixie offers plastic surgery, but CD turns it down, claiming that he doesn't like the term rhinoplasty. Uh, and then she also like says, like, oh, you could also do makeup, like just do the shading like on the side and like the tip of the nose. <laughs> and Uh, Then Sandy uh, stops by the table and mentions to CD that Roxanne is talking a lot about him, uh, giving him hope. Uh, He goes to the firehouse where Chris accidentally stares at CD's nose and makes a huge comment about how huge CD's nose is. Like, he was just like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, I heard that people like were saying that was big, but like, I didn't know it was this big. And then everyone runs for cover thinking that CD is going to murder him. (laughs) But then CD decides to play pool with Chris, claiming that he's too happy to be upset. And then uh, Chris and CD uh, trains the firefighters with several exercises, but they all fail to succeed. Um, And then I guess like later that day, uh, CD then meets up with Roxanne to go on a hike, um, kind of in the Colorado mountains, quote unquote, or somewhere there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what? Wa- so sad though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like what? Like, oh, I have a huge crush on somebody. Like, but and he thinks it's him, and then she's like, "Oh, but we've only." met a few times and he's never spoken to me and he's like wait what <laughs> yeah like because like he was basically like oh yeah like I also have like feelings for someone too and she's like oh that's nice and and then she's like yeah it's Chris McConnell he's like why are you telling me and she's like well he works for you it's Chris McConnell <laughs> and he's like and- <laughs> and it's like oh okay okay I get it like <laughs> Um, so though CD uh, is sad that she's not take, talking about him uh, this entire time, uh, 
he decides to help her out because she asked if he could like uh ask or like talk to him or like try to bring up her name to him uh so frustrated cd goes to the plastic surgeon uh, and orders him him to give uh him a nose job and he's like i want you to cut it off like right now <laughs> but then the surgeon warns that he's allergic to anesthesia and notes that maybe cd was born with the nose for for a reason and then after that he gives him like these like nose cards where he just goes up to the mirror and like kind of sees which nose he wants Sad. yeah uh, so CD then meets up with Chris to talk about Roxanne. And though Chris is excited that Roxanne has a crush on him, he's afraid to talk to her. Uh, so after some time, Chris decides to write Roxanne a letter, but ends up with this elementary one after several hours of working on it. It was something like, oh, like, I really like you. And if you do like me, check this box. Like it was something so like simple. <laughs> Elementary. Yeah. So CD uh, decides to help him out by writing a letter um, instead. Um, he tries to, in his uh, defense, he tries to like have him write the letter first by just like asking him how he feels about her to sort of like bring out the emotions that he thinks any normal person would have, right? He's like, how how do you feel when you think about her and he's like horny i feel horny he's like well you can't can't, yeah you can't say that (laughs) and he's like what else and he's like i want to sleep with her and he's like you also can't say that (laughs) and what did you feel after you after you saw her i threw up oh okay well you you cannot you can't also say that either (laughs) imagine if some dude was just like I'm horny, and after I saw you, I wanted to throw up. <laughs> you would just be so confused. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's like a lot of mixed emotion. I thought I had a lot of mixed emotion. Apparently, you have a lot of mixed emotion too. <laughs> <laughs> what a man. He, so as like he's like talking to him, um, Chris is like, well, why don't you write the letter? You know how to like, you know say and you know what to do and i'll just sign it and then cd was like oh no i mean i have dinner like getting ready and chris was like no like you know i'll I'll do it like i'll take care of like the stuff so then cd does and um she he sends her the letter and then roxanne really likes it so then she uh asks uh cd to ask chris if he wants to go on a date with her and it like what's happening at this point is that um cd dixie and roxanne are on the balcony at roxanne's house uh looking at the telescope and i think they're looking at like a moon at the moon or something and while they're talking uh roxanne talks about the letter that uh chris sent her when it was actually cd and you could see like cd like being like oh like she liked the letter and but he can't like fully like you know be too happy about it (laughs) um so the next day cd notifies chris uh causing chris to 
be excited, but then have a panic attack immediately after that and worry that he will forget what to say. Uh, CD um, devised a plan to have Chris wear an earpiece with a hat. And it's not just a hat. It's like one of those like uh, winter hats that covers the ears. It's like a really goofy hat. Um, and then he'll he'll like uh, hear uh, CD through the earpiece who will be like in the van, like uh, what, like, hundred feet away from Roxanne's house. Uh, so, however, uh, the signal uh, interferes with the police radio, causing Chris to repeat the calls. So, like, what would happen is that Chris would be like, "Oh, like you know, you're you're beautiful, and like you're just so great." Car fifty four, car fifty four. There's like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the signal would just. Uh have some interference right like yeah mm -hmm. and <laughs> after a loud feedback chris accidentally takes off the hat and the earpiece causing him to fumble through the you know his what to say to roxanne bad yeah <laughs> and after quoting a line from a song and making comments about roxanne's body Roxanne like heads back into her house and is like never call you he's know like, talk to me again it's enough like that I'm cute and whatever and he's like shouldn't we just like go inside and spend the night together yeah she's like no <laughs> yeah I want to get to know you <laughs> it's like oh you want to get to know me and then he says like some like very musical line and she's like that's like isn't that like from a song it's like yeah but like it's like a it's fine like it's like yeah but I want to hear your words and then he was like my words it's like you're hot like you know I want to bang you you got big boobs yeah, so you've got the things <laughs> yeah things like. uh so once Roxanne is inside, Chris meets up with CD um, and they try to talk Roxanne uh, by her window because she's on the second floor at this time. So at first, uh, CD was like, oh, just call her name. So he's like, Roxanne, Roxanne. And so CD, uh, when he finds out that's not working, he gives him a rock to like kind of just hit the window but it ends up like breaking the window because CD is like a massive like jog that just can like throw a rock through a window. <laughs> uh, so once like they get Roxanne's attention, maybe not for the best, uh, <laughs> uh, CD tries to filter uh, lines to Chris through whispers or charades, uh, but fails. Um, there was like one part where he was doing charades where he was like two two words like and he's like like making faces and he's like what are you doing <laughs> he was trying to say because I was afraid of words Roxanne but Chris is like worms I was afraid of worms <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like tell her you're afraid of words what words because I was afraid I of worms, we're Roxanne. Like feet away from each other. I'm like, how the hell did he not understand what he was saying? I don't know. Maybe he, he like listens. Desperate. 
Yeah, maybe he listens to like loud music or something. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, so thinking that it's like it's it's going down a hill. Uh, CD takes over and switches jackets and hats with Chris and hides his face in the trees. So it's like the way like he can still see Roxanne, but like his face is covered by the shrubbery uh so the roxanne notes that his voice is different uh she still believes that she is talking to chris and during the conversation cd confesses his love to roxanne uh before chris shouts that he wants to make love with her <laughs> uh and after a setback uh, CD persuades uh, Roxanne to let him in. Um, and unfortunately, CD, thinking that, oh, Roxanne is allowing him to go, CD tries to climb up and do parkour into her second story window, <laughs> uh, only for Chris to stop him. And he was like, oh, thank you so much uh, before entering the house. And afraid of ruining his chance, uh, CD uh, kind of like hides in a tree um, in like a different part of the town and like waits until like the group of like old ladies come and walk by. And then he just like falls down and then makes a story of that, oh, like he, he was abducted by aliens and that they were at Roxanne's house uh, claiming that, you know, they want they want to make love with old women. <laughs> yeah. And at first, like some of them were like, oh, well, you know, Dynasty is coming up in a few minutes. We, we got to hurry. Like the. <laughs> the other women were like no like let's go let's like try it let's check it out <laughs> and then they do uh so the next day uh chris uh notes that though he couldn't talk uh he did have sex with roxanne uh three times and cd was like oh my god <laughs> this is this is not what i wanted <laughs> painful yeah so I think goes to the firehouse to uh, let CD know that she's going to the university for her uh, thesis interview, but she asks him to have Chris write her more letters. And meanwhile, Chris is hanging out with Sandy at the bar. Um, and while he shuffles the cards, she notes that he should work in Vegas as a dealer. And she also says that she's going to go move there in a few days. And because she says that waitresses make big money in Vegas. And she was like, and then, you know, when they get older, they go to Reno because the older waitresses make more money in Reno. <laughs> yeah, it was very, like, weird. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, which is strange, but also yeah. it's good. <laughs> um as they talk, Chris uh, relaxes a lot, much more than when he was with Roxanne, and the two hit it off because they're both kind of, uh, what's the word, dense, and also... <laughs> I like they're, they're both... dense and outgoing and, you know, very, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, they're into, like, a lot of, like... Superficiality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're very su superficial, and they're kind of Hufflepuffs, where they're very nice, but 
there don't have the intelligence that Ravenclaws have. <laughs> yeah, or like the bravery, like a Gryffindor. <laughs> True, <laughs> but they're very nice. <laughs> but Sandy's like, well, you know, Roxanne's one of my closest friends, so like we shouldn't be doing anything that we should be regretting. Yeah, it's like, oh no, it's fine. We're just like talking. It's no big deal. But they both know that they're in trouble. <laughs> well, she knows that they're in trouble. Chris is just still. Crazy. Yeah, he he doesn't know like doesn't how care. women <laughs> how women communicate. <laughs> um. So over the course of Roxanne's trip, CD sends Roxanne letters disguised as Chris. It doesn't tell him. He's just like secretly writing her these romantic letters. And one day, Dixie stops by at the restaurant and sees CD writing a letter. And she tells him that he should tell Roxanne that he loves her. And then he admits what's going on with Chris. Um, and that, you know, he's been sort of like playing the underdog ghost. Yeah. <laughs> he's playing like his ghostwriter, basically. Yeah. Uh, and when one of his coworkers stops by, he says that uh, Chris is picking up Roxanne from the airport right now because she came back in a very unpredictable turn of events <laughs> yeah <laughs> he rushes away to tell chris about the letters but accidentally leaves the letter that he was working on behind um so of course dixie reads it because how can you not read an open letter <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's not <laughs> like i'm not breaking any federal government laws like <laughs> no, wait. well it wasn't even sealed it's not a sealed letter it's half written exactly know? exactly <laughs> After several attempts to we can cut that part off. Yeah. <laughs> After several attempts to distract Roxanne, CD reveals to Chris that he wrote 20 letters to Roxanne as Chris. And Roxanne uh Chris to talk to her like he did in the letters. She wants the romance. But uh, he chickens out and leaves before Dixie stops by to drop off the last letter that CD wrote. Um Chris heads out to a car where Sandy waits for him with her bags packed and she asks if he told Roxanne that he's leaving and he's like no and she's like you need to tell her like it's just me and you don't so he's like oh do you have pen and paper and then he like writes her this letter that totally sucks yeah (laughs) and CD returns to Roxanne's house where she's waiting for him and she shows him a letter that Chris left that claims that he's moving to Lake Tahoe to be a car dealer. And then she shows CD a recent letter that he was writing as Chris, the one that he left with Dixie in the restaurant. And that's when he finds out that Dixie gave her the letter and on the back of it wrote that CD actually wrote the letter. So Roxanne confronts him and he admits that he was the one who wrote the letters, but then she gets really, really pissed and claims that he tricked her all CD argues that all she wanted was a cute guy, a cute nose, and he was like, "You wanted my head with his body, and that's all you." Yeah, <laughs> but she kicks him out of the house, and he's like, "I'm gonna count to ten. I'm gonna count to ten, and then I'm gonna leave, and that's gonna be it." 
Yeah. And it was kind of funny because she comes back out. It's like, what did you say? And he's like, I'm going to count to 10 before I leave. And then she's like, oh, I thought you said something else. And he was like, what did you say? I was, I was saying, and she said it and it was like gibberish. It was like, tell blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't say that. It's like, I know that's why I came out to check like what you were saying. <laughs> Man, simpler times that we're not passing <laughs> no. it'll be like okay bye bitch like just like leave <laughs> um so then he leaves and on his way he stops at the firehouse and he starts sniffing the air uh and he's like i can smell it there's a fire somewhere which is hilarious because it's like I guess that's why he became the uh, fire chief, aside from the fact that he's, like, the only competent man in the whole entire fire department. Yeah. With his gigantic nose, he can sniff out any fire, which is sort of a very useful skill in itself. <laughs> um, so the firefighters get in the truck, and they start to follow CD with the truck while he's just walking around sniffing, looking for this fire, and he finds a nearby building on fire with the town's cow inside so they managed to take down the fire and save the cow um and after celebrating and talking to dixie he heads back to his house hang out on the rooftop and so while he's there roxanne stops by and she's like okay i admit i confess it was your personality that made me fall in love because it was the way i thought back to my relationship with chris and it was actually I loved it so much because of how he made me feel. But then I realized it wasn't how he made me feel. It was how you made me feel because it was your words that made me feel strong and uh, independent and also feminine at the same time. <laughs> Which I was like, it's kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then she confesses that she loves his nose. It's like, and you're a big nose. I love your nose, CD. And I was like, okay. <laughs> adjective, she's like, you're big, crazy, obnoxious nose. I love it. Yeah. And she's like, in the sea of normal, flat-nosed men, flat-faced men, you stand out and you're special. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, he does stand out. <laughs> So he comes down and he accepts her confession and after a couple of tries because it's kind of hard to kiss a guy with a huge nose yeah i could tell <laughs> I like from experience i know how it is <laughs> really really generous. yes mirror has a big nose like <laughs> oh yeah so, like it's not like abnormally large like cds but it's pretty big like i had to tilt like we both had to tilt and <laughs> so i noticed you're turning to the left and i had this conversation the other day with somebody where they said inherently people will either turn left or right when they kiss and it's supposed to say something about you. I can't remember exactly what, but you turned to the left. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes I do you the right. To the left. Are you left-handed? No, I'm right-handed. Uh, but I huh. uh, I shoot like with my left hand, which is weird. You shoot? Where you shoot? Well, like I, you know, in in like soccer, I like oh shoot with oh my. my God. Well, like, 
I mean, I also shot a gun at shooting range, but I had to use my, yeah, because my uh, dominant eye is my left. Your dominant eye? Yeah. What is that? So it's like the, um, like if you're like uh, looking at something in front of you, if you close one eye and if it doesn't move, but if you look at the other eye, and that does move, that means whatever, whichever eye that didn't uh, move the finger means that's your dominant eye. Oh shit, my left eye is dominant. I just did it. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I think it's about the same. Is that a thing? <laughs> what are you, why are you doing this? Just like fold <laughs> it out like this. Wait, it's whichever eyes open that looks at it. Yeah, so if you, okay, so like open both eyes and then look at the finger, close one of them. If it moved, that's not your dominant eye. I think it's my right eye. My right eye is my dominant eye. Oh my God, we're going to have to do a test later. (laughs) Okay, so he has a big nose. Yes. She says she loves his nose. And they kiss and they come inside. And while they're inside, a comet flies over their heads, and Roxanne tells CD that she named the comet Charlie, claiming that she named it after her father, even though she knows that CD's name is Charlie. Yeah. And for a moment, that's what wraps it up. The end. Yep. And they had sex. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, Jeanette. Possibly. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the end of the film. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like one of those films where there's like a lot of scenes um, happening. Like, it's like each scene is like maybe like a minute or two before they move on to another scene. So that's why it seemed like a lot like, okay, like this is happening and then this is happening. So I just want to make a note for everyone who hasn't seen the film. (laughs) Uh, so what did you think about the film? I quite liked it. I thought that Steve Martin was very charismatic as Cyrano. I think he did a really good job. You know, he's very uh, athletically competent with what with all his parkour. And he was very charming. He was super witty, you know. He was very funny. He definitely played the best friend with her, you know, because they were, like, friends so much throughout the film. It was kind of like, I guess... Like, it really makes you realize that the original Cyrano was, like, he was the original guy who got friend-zoned, you know, and uh, (laughs) was actually, you know, meant to be with the chick, the the boy next door, who was always your best friend, you know, he was was always right there when you couldn't see him right under your nose. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it was a good movie. I would recommend it. Yeah, I really like this film. Um, like, I've watched this, like, since I was, like, a kid. Um, so, like, kids can watch this. Like, yes, there may be some, like, innuendos. So I would say, like, maybe, like, what, like, 10 or older is fine. But, yeah, I really liked it. I, I like the pace of the film. I think that was a really good pace. Um, it got, like, the whole, like, you know plot through um 
I also like the characters. I feel like that all the characters, you know, are all um, like people that you can like uh, like. They're likable characters. Yeah. Um, I will say I didn't find Roxanne that attractive. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. Not my type, but. <laughs> I mean, she's not my type either, uh, but like you know i i thought she was like pretty you know but i i would say like for me um it kind of had like uh like in terms of casting i thought it was a little bit weird because since steve martin has premature gray hair uh he does look a lot older than what he is so it's kind of weird to like have like a 50 year old guy trying to you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's a, he's a lot older than her. Yeah, because like, because I know in this film when it came out, he was like in his forties, and she was like twenty seven. Yeah, that's a big range. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it kind of got gave me like uh, Gregory Peck and the actress that played his wife and The Omen. It gave me that vibe where it's like. Yeah, they're not people that are at their age. I would have liked it if they maybe had uh, Roxanne be like an older woman, because then that I would really be. I think that would have been nice. Yes, yeah. would have worked. Yeah, that would have been cool. Maybe she's a cougar and wanted to have Chris, but then it turned out she only needed someone her age to be <laughs> to be fall in love with. I don't know <laughs> something like that <laughs> uh but yeah like I I also uh like some of the uh guest appearance I really like Fred R- Willard um and also there was like Dame Damon Waynes and uh Kevin Nielsen which like for a very long time I didn't know if it was him that was playing the drunk guy because I was like, he looks like Kevin Nealon, but like, <laughs> like it didn't quite look like him. And I was like, it's gotta be him because he kind of has like the the stance and like the way he walks too. Um, and then it was also cool like to see Brian George, who's like from Seinfeld. He played the uh, the Indian um, business owner that had like this restaurant that had like a bunch of like cuisine baboon. yes baboon <laughs> i love baboon yeah that was him <laughs> i just finished watching seinfeld <laughs> it was a great time uh i didn't know that that was great <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, i i feel like while i didn't think roxanne's care, like uh actor was like supremely attractive to me i could see why she was desirable in the show um but more than that I thought her like acting was very good you know it was like she was very much you know just like the token like intelligent chick who like she's just trying to like make it out there and like have her summer romance um but like like she had a little bit of like romanticization of like Chris you know but at the same time she was like trying to be realistic like when as soon as she realized like he wasn't what she wanted at her house the very first time he came over 
she was like oh like I'm not gonna waste my time with him and I'm not gonna waste his time you know yeah she kept it real girl kept it real yeah (laughs) Chris was a bumbling idiot I couldn't care less for him yeah and it's interesting because like um like Chris is like a brunette and Roxanne is like a blonde so it was an it was interesting to like not have the typical blonde girl be like you know dumb and bubbly like she's like an actual astronomer (laughs) astronomer yeah and the brunette was the bumbling idiot yeah not saying all not all brunettes are bumbly idiots one just this very specific one uh fictional character yes (laughs) um but yeah i really like it i think it's like i would say i'll call it as a classic i think it's like and that's a classic yeah yeah this is a family movie (laughs) like you know back when you were in the fifth grade for all this 90s babies uh when we'd go to blockbuster and on a friday night and pick out a movie yeah (laughs) that movie (laughs) yeah uh, so yeah, I can't wait to watch uh, Serrano and maybe possibly the other Serranos. We may do like a weird, like, what do you call it? Like spin off of the spin off. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm really excited for Serrano. I saw the trailer and it looks freaking amazing, you guys. And he goes to war and it's Peter Dinklage and mm-hmm. he's charming. It's going to be great yes stay tuned <laughs> and isn't it a musical like i heard it was a musical yeah i think i think it is oh cool yeah i'm i'm ready yeah. for it i'm pretty excited <laughs> all okay. right um uh, so i think that's it for this film do you have any last like uh comments or anything watch it like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> have a good time with it yeah uh exactly like it's on Hulu and Amazon via Stars Network. So if you have Stars, like you you can watch Roxanne. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this uh, episode. You can follow us on Instagram at J A N D M Podcast. And if you like this episode, uh, please write and review us. Um, if you can, please, that would be great. Uh, and thank you again for listening. Uh, thank you, Jennifer, for participating in another episode. And hope thank you, you come. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and I hope you guys come back uh, for next week's week's episode. And thank you, and goodbye. Bye.